and welcome to the Step Over Podcast. My name is Josh. Thanks for joining. It's a new year. I hope you're well. I hope you're happy. I hope you're healthy. And hey, you know what? If you're not, that is understandable. And I'm sending you good vibes, light, happiness. It was a it was a weird month to end 2021. I took a little bit of a break to kind of recharge. Not even recharge, just like stay charged enough to get by. If you got any kids, if you know, you know. But I'm so happy to be back with you. Um, this is actually the first of two episodes I got lined up this week. I got two great guests, chatted with them both uh, a bit over a month ago, where, you know, we were feeling a bit less stressed at that point. Talks kind of focused on the Men's University Soccer Championships, which were held at Carleton. I know, that was not that long ago. I'm surprised too. But today we'll be talking with um, 613 Sports' Eddie Benhin, who's back on the show, this time as a correspondent for The Step Over. He and Brandon Adibe from Capital City Supporters Group took in the national championships uh, with kind of a, a scout's lens. So if you happen to be an employee of Atletico Ottawa, please keep listening. This is just free scouting for you to take in. So we'll get to that shortly. The big news that I want to touch on uh, is Coach Mista leaving Atletico Ottawa after two years. Can't say I'm terribly surprised. There's been a lot of opinions floating around about about how we did with the club. And I haven't seen any takes that have been that have been outright wrong. I don't think anyone thought that he did an amazing job. I don't think, you know, I think there's a consensus that like, this is a huge mistake, him leaving. You know, I've seen a lot of people just outright did not like the job that he did with that let it go. You know, some others talk a bit more positively about him. And he, like, here's my take on how Mista did. Um, like, was he the best man for the job? No, I don't think he was. Some of the brass from Atletico, I think, have essentially alluded to the fact that they kind of underestimated uh, the level of the CPL. And I don't think Mista is a is a bad coach, but, but you know, his previous experience was as a, as a youth level coach in Spain. I think the jump to the CPL was, was bigger than maybe uh, the Atletico brass thought that it would be. You know, there's very obvious instances where uh, where he was just outcoached. You know, Ottawa lost some games because... Uh, the team was simply outcoached. But at the same time, you know, he has to be given the players to perform. And I don't think Ottawa's recruitment for the first two seasons gave him the best chance to succeed either. You know, we've seen two years of pretty thin teams uh, and any injuries put us behind the eight ball. But when we had a healthy squad and with a good formation in place, which Mista did not always have, we saw some entertaining soccer. But I think we can certainly say that we've not seen consistent performances, you know, especially over the course of the 2021 season. But there will always be sort of an asterisk beside his name, you know, as the first coach of Atletico Ottawa, you know, because he's had to deal with starting with a brand new club in a pandemic, which what club has had to do that? What other club has had to start in the middle of a pandemic? You know, maybe under different circumstances, things could have been different, but they weren't. Misto, Misto and uh, Atletico mutually parted ways. And you know what? I have nothing but good wishes for Mista going forward. Um, I hope he gets a new job. You know, I hope he continues his his coaching career. You know, I always found him perfectly pleasant the few times that uh, that I had the chance to interact with him. Uh, but with Mista leaving, that means that uh, someone new is going to be coming in. I know a lot of people um, were really hoping that with Mark DeSantos seemingly available, uh, that he'd be returning to Ottawa, but uh, Northern Tribune reported that uh, that's not the case. It looks like Mark's going to be working on his UEFA uh, A license, I think, so he will not be coming to Ottawa. 
Um, one name that did pop up on the Twitter sphere is reported by uh, Giancarlo Alino, who is uh, a York United reporter, says that the leading candidate right now is Nick Dasevich. Now, depending on how long you've been paying attention to the men's national team, you'll, you should know that name. 63 caps with Canada, played with Dinamo Zagreb, St. Johnstone, some really great clubs. Uh, since 2019, he's been the Vancouver Whitecaps U23 head coach. Now, I don't know a lot about him as a coach, but it'll be really interesting to see, you know, if that comes to fruition. I can tell you what I've heard through the grapevine is um, as of late December when, when Mista had a conversation with Fernando Lopez. Um, at that point, there is no replacement firmly in place, but it sounds like they are hoping to have a Canadian head coach for next season. So we'll see what comes of that, because they will need to have someone in place very soon. Teams are starting to ramp up for the 2022 season, and that includes this year's edition of the U Sports Draft, which last we heard was supposed to take place in mid-January. I don't think there's a firm date, but hopefully we'll hear about that soon too, which brings me right back uh, to our guest for this week, Eddie Benhin. After the Men's U Sports Championships wrapped up, I had a chat with him about some of the players that we can expect to declare uh, and maybe get drafted this year. Atletico Ottawa, uh, having finished last, will have the first pick. Eddie had his scouting glasses on for the whole tournament, and he was good enough to join us. So here's our chat with Eddie Benhin. All right, we're here with Eddie Benhin. Third time on the show. Of course. Current Is that record? record? Current That's step record. over record holder. Let's go. I love from that. 613 Sports, Capital City Supporters Group. Um, also, model. Okay, I mean, like maybe a one-two thing, you know. If anyone wants to hire me again, I'm down. So let me get a haircut first. You may have seen Eddie uh, on a lot of social media posts for uh, Black Friday sales for Atleti Ottawa gear, um, uh, looking pretty sharp in some of that, some of that drip. I mean, it was really fun to do the model shoot. I can't lie; like it was the first time doing that. But uh, nah, I mean, it's it's weird seeing your photos online just like randomly scrolling on instagram and all of a sudden you see your photo you know but i know it's a pretty cool experience i can't lie so my only question uh then is did you get to keep any of it yes i got to keep the long sleeve shirt and the hoodie nice. i tried to get you know the jacket but like nah you that, can't get like like that jacket that would have been that yeah, would have been just gold it's too much but you know i'll, I'll take the hoodie <laughs> i'll take the hoodie long sleeve that, that's good i'll take that. okay great on um all right so yeah you're uh, founder of 613 Sports, match day official for Capital City Sports Group model. Uh, and today uh, I've invited you here in the capacity as uh, I'm going to call you a step over correspondent. Oh, I love that. Today. Um, so I asked you to come on uh, because you attended a lot of the U Sports Men's National Championships, which ran from the 17th to the 21st, uh, and saw Carlton just lose in the final on penalties. Just a just a heartbreaker uh but before i go on like you you know you were at that championship game uh so i want to ask you like what was it like to be at you know what looked like on tv to be just a really incredibly intense match it was probably the craziest game i've ever attended in person i mean equalizing in the 120th minute with it, it was absolute scenes. Like, I don't know. We broke a bleacher. Like, a whole bench was literally twisted like a pretzel. Just from Did everyone really? jumping. Yeah, I mean, we were jumping up and down the entire game. And, I mean, just a last-minute goal. I mean, you can imagine the scenes. So you um, broke the stadium. I mean, it was like a bleacher. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen, the school's taking enough tuition from us. They can, they can fix that easily. Yeah, that's fair. But, yeah, yeah I mean, heartbreaking the penalty shoot. I was literally right, like, 
at the fence right in front like where the goal is so i know kyle potter almost saved one and it just squeezed by and then i had a, i had a feeling we we're gonna lose but uh no it, it was a great weekend i mean all the games were great and all the carlton games were just fantastic i mean the atmosphere was electric and no, i had really fun one of the best soccer you know things i ever attended in person so like i know you saw like a lot of the ravens during the regular season like really got to know those players um, now, how many of the other seven teams uh, that took part did you manage to see during the championships? Like, did you see all of them? Or were there any that you missed? No, I was there every game. I think I missed. What a correspondent. I missed only one game because of the Capital City season review. And that was the Laval and UBC game. But I watched it from home. So, but I, I saw the rest of the games live in the flesh. It was awesome. Fantastic. Just, just what a guy for our first correspondent. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I know that you were like really into all the Ravens games. What was the best uh, non Ravens game you got to see? Oh, Laval. And I think it was Kate Breton when Laval equalized in the 95th minute. Uh, that was also electric. Like I stood up, started yelling too with Brandon <laughs> and like I turned around, gave some high fives to some Laval fans. Like that was very entertaining. Um, yeah, I mean, all the games were close. Like they all went to extra time shootout, which was quite annoying because it was either raining or cold and I just wanted to go inside and then I had to wait longer. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the next game, so I didn't get a lot of inside time, but I mean, I got my money's worth. So, I mean, every game was close except for the Guelph first game, which was they won 2-0. And then on the last day, they lost 2-0 against whoever, whoever played in the third place. Was it Keeper? I think it was Keeper. Yeah, some, I don't know. They right. lost 2-0. Um, so, that, that's the only two games that didn't go to extra time or shootout. So. But, yeah, I think the other game that would stand out would probably be the Laval Keeper game where they t- equalized 95th minute. So, the, uh, so, it seems like there was, like, a lot of um... – not like not equality uh parody there's a lot of parody yes no these yeah they, these teams were so close like you can tell these were like the best teams in the country i mean literally a bounce away from any game having a different outcome so now i was very i was very impressed this weekend um so like we'll talk about the individual players in a minute um but were there any teams overall that like surprised you over the course of of uh, the weekend i mean carlton I know it's kind of like a you know homer pick, but for a team that was coming in ranked eighth, they didn't they didn't win the OUA. They only reason they were in the nationals was because they're hosting it. Um, they really showed their potential, and they they really were. I still stand. They were the best team there. Um, they they should have won. I'm just like they clinically, like tactically, they they were the best team, the best technical team there. UBC was a very solid team, but they also just fell apart in the second half. But Cape, like all these teams were just so good. I think the one team that kind of stood out for the wrong reasons was Montreal. They just weren't as hyped as they were supposed to be. I feel like they they squeezed by the game against Victoria. Uh, They squeezed by their second game against Guelph, I think. And then they squeezed by Carleton. I know they're hyped so much to being this dominant team, but I think it was just they got lucky all three games. So they were kind of surprising. SMU was pretty weak in my opinion. But everyone else, they were solid. But yeah, I, most surprising Carlton and, you know, team I wasn't really that impressed was Montreal. Okay. Um, now, you're also a Ravens athlete. Like, you know, you're an ultimate player, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think you can be forgiven for for going to the tournament, uh, you know, to, to, to primarily cheer on your fellow Ravens. But 
Um, you also went with a bit of a different lens as well, like kind of more in like a scouting capacity. Um, so uh, for the Capital City Supporters Groups, uh, for those who don't know, you and Brandon Adibe, um, you're going to be hosting a U Sports draft preview show with sometime in, in the next few months. Um, so I don't want to completely step on on that territory. Um, so I was thinking, let's look at the players uh, like as prospects, you know, since some of the players we saw uh, will be eligible for the draft, um, but other top players uh you know, won't be for 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 various reasons um but could be straight up just signed by cpl teams so um like what a fantastic opportunity this was to see some of canada's like best men's prospects um what kinds of qualities or like attributes were you looking for with with that scouting hat on first one what i was really picked on was if they stood out there you always knew they're special players when they stood out every time they touched the ball, you knew something was going to happen. And you just, you just knew who it was just based off of it. And, and a player that perfectly represented that was Alexander Zeese. Every time this man was on the ball, you just knew something was going to happen. His passes were just top tier, just magical player compared to the rest of the team. Not that any of the other players weren't good, but he was just a step above. And you can really hold that standard to all the other players that I had written down. Just when they had the ball, there was just a different energy about them. They carry themselves differently. The way they touch the ball is differently. And they looked like professional players. And then when you look into some research, you see, oh, a lot of them played, you know, League One Ontario or or have some experience in CPL. And, and it really showed there. Were there any players that you that you knew that you wanted to watch going into the tournament? Alexander Zeese, for sure. When I when I was looking doing my research, just because I know he had previous experience in CPL, but couldn't really do much because of injuries, and he had experience in League, uh, League One. Um, Kareem Sow. Obviously, CPO. When Halifax, I wanted to see if he improved and stuff. Um, I'm obviously I'm not gonna like Matteo Debrienne on Carlton and all the Carlton players. But I saw them all season. But uh, yeah, I mean Isaac Coach. I heard good things about him and Charlie Waters. So those are those are the people I was really focused on just to see how they were in person because you know playing out west, you don't really get to see a lot of them. Okay. Um, were there any names that you didn't know at the start? but you took notice of during the tournament evan liebke the six five center back from victoria um just happened he's not draft eligible but he i mean he's six five he literally stood above everyone else and he was a massive player right away when i saw him wrote him down also got to give a special shout out to baptiste Toussaint. uh play for laval doesn't get a lot of minutes but every time he was on i think he scored two goals and he's short player but speedy agile and he was one of those players where when he's on something always happens so brian and i were kind of obsessed with him near the end always yelling his name from the crowd okay um but yeah no those are the ones that like i didn't have know about but the second i saw them i had to do some research okay oh of course uh svetoslav artemenko the goalkeeper from guelph he's gonna be a huge guy that brandon and i will be pitching for Atletico Ottawa to draft okay um what team do you think had like the most individual standout players hmm like the most stars let's say well at the end of the uh at end of the final they're announcing all like the the all-stars whatever of, of the tournament and i think carlton and montreal were were tied from makes sense most, yeah which makes sense uh carlton i remember gabby batar Tarek hamad mateo you know mitchell bryan montreal had you know Kareem Sao, Guy Frank, uh, Penda, and other players. Um, 
So I think those were the two most stacked teams, and they obviously made it to the final. But um, Laval was a dark horse. Laval just got unlucky that they lost in the first round and couldn't make it. I think if they won, they could have made it to the final. So Laval had a lot of pretty solid players too. So I would put Laval even third there. Okay. Um, who scored, in your opinion, uh, the best goal of the, of, of the tournament? Huh. The best goal. We saw some crazy goals. But there, were some, there were some bangers. There, there were a lot of bangers. There, there was an own goal. That's hard. I mean, okay, so the fan, the Carlton fan of me, the Carlton goals were just... And like, you're allowed to be a memorable. homer. Yeah. Like, craziest goal of, has to be the 120th minute equalizer in the final right when i think right when i think it's done all of a sudden i'm jumping down jumping on people's backs no idea who these people are it's it, it was insane um but there were some crazy shots throughout the tournament and uh but yeah i think most memorable is gonna stick by me is that 120 minute um uh, equalizer from Danny i mean Staff. like i thought uh you know for the entire extra time i think i thought carlton like it's it, like it's over it's yeah. too bad uh and that like that made me believe like oh they might they might pull this off yeah exactly i really thought we would but yeah it wasn't meant to be yeah um so i'm gonna test you a little bit here um right. let's so let's go position by position and just get your quick takes uh who is the best forward you saw in the tournament best forward that's hard that's why that's why i got you on yeah. a correspondent so obviously gabby Bittar. Carlton, probably one of the best forwards at Carlton history. But Charlie Waters, Isaac Coach, also clinical. They had Isaac Coach and Charlie both had three goals. Um, If I was to say best forward out of those. Say best performance during the tournament. Best performance? Let's say that, yeah. I would say Charlie Waters. He was the more consistent. He is. Uh, from England, so obviously has a different, you know, bringing background up background there. Yeah, background, but yeah, he was the most consistent, the most deadly. Uh, Isaac Coach, uh, he was hardworking the entire tournament, uh, every time. But he yeah, turned a lot I, of heads. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I just he didn't have the right supporting cast just to carry him, you know. But he tried his best. But yeah, Charlie Waters, Isaac Coach, I'd say they're one A, one B, really. Then followed by Gabby Bittar. Okay. Um, who is the best midfielder during the tournament? Midfielder. That's a good one. Huh. We're talking creative midfielder, defensive midfielder. Oh, your choice. Correspondence choice. Defensive midfielder, Mitchell O'Brien. I mean, yeah, yes, eh? he's, yes, he's 26 or 27, but, like, he was locks. He's defensive guy, tackles, headers. It was just in, no one can get by him. And um, I know I hate having to bring up Carlton all the time, but I mean, they were in the final for a reason, but he was defensively, offensively, Alexander Z's though, 100%. That man is your creative number 10. He was number, created all the chances, the amount of passes, his free kicks, he's probably the best free kicker in the whole nationals. Every time he had a free kick, a chance was created. Um, I'm really looking forward to see what he does in the future because that player is cp already and now he's one of those players where i'm 100 sure that he will be picked up and if he's not then i'll be very surprised okay uh but and the best defender that you saw hmm two Terry hamad from carlton 
and Evan Leapke from Victoria. Uh, I feel those two would be your best two center backs to go at. Uh, just hard tackle, hard nose, and just also comfortable on the ball, which you kind of need in today's game. Uh, those two really impressed me. I mean, Evan Leapke was the first uh, defender to really turn my head. Also got to give a special shout out to Kareem Sow. He was solid the entire tournament. Um, just a perfect head down uh, defender where every team will like, but I think I don't, I'm not sure if Halifax still has his right. So kind of just ignoring him for a lot of call. I feel like, like, I feel like at the end of the year, I, I don't think, I don't think teams retain rights. I think that they can just like get drafted again by, I think they have the choice to retain rights or okay. just to let them go back into the draft. So I'm not sure what they chose with uh, Kareem, but no. So yeah, Kareem, Tariq and uh, Evan, I think I can't really pick between those three. Those are my top three standout. Okay. And I feel like I know the answer to the next one, uh, the best goalie. Best goalie? Svetoslav Artemenko from Guelph. So you love this guy. Why do you love this guy? I mean, he he was the most professional goalie there. He, I mean, he played for Valor, but he never actually played. I think he just sat on the bench. But his touches on the ball, his positioning, when to come out, Saves. He had a 0.9 goals against average, which was the second in the whole Nationals. He only had let three goals in, um, and that came. Two of them came on in the last game, and he he was just he's ready. He's CP already. Like I I have no problem with letting Auto play. His passes out, his throws, just out of all the keepers there, he was that you know magical standout player where. He was different from the rest of the people there, and he looked like he had professional experience. And I believe he played for he plays for Guelph United in League One, so you can tell that he has that experience of playing uh, semi-pro level. And they won League One this year, right? I believe they did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So no, he's hundred percent ready. I know Brandon was obsessing with him because he has him on Football Manager, so <laughs> the best scouting app. So no, like we were obsessed with him. We wanted to go talk to him, but we decided we were we kind of chickened out. But no. Um, all right. So my last question, uh, it's not draft specific because I know you guys are going to do a stellar job previewing the draft later on. Um, but okay. So CPL teams, they're, they're going to Eddie, uh, top scout in the, you know, U sports. We need to know who the top three guys are from the tournament. Who should, who are the top three guys that like, who should get a shot at the CPL next season? Mateo, Debrian. I'm going to be advocating for this guy to be drafted till he gets drafted. And if he doesn't, I'm sorry, Letico Ottawa, but I'm going to be demanding an explanation because this man is stellar. He is something special. He's used this year in university to really build his game, build his confidence. I mean, look at that goal he scored. That's not just some one-off. Like, he is just a magical player. He has a nose for goal every time he's on the field, every time he has the ball. He knows something's going to happen. He was with the team before didn't work out we need to take this guy like we cannot make another mistake like we did with Steph this is like one of a kind player we need to draft him moving on from there I believe Alexander Zeiss should get another chance he was injured last time in CPL again he's improved his game from what I saw he was just incredible every time he was on the ball magic happened his passes immaculate his touches just the ball was glued around his feet he was special he literally stood about above everyone else it's like Obviously, he's not messy, but it's like one of those players, right, where, like, when they're on the ball, you just can't help but stare. So he's for sure there. And then... Yeah, one more. One more? Yeah. Artemenko. If you're looking for goalies, obviously, these are, these are university athletes, but he was probably the only goalie there where I'd say, yeah, like, 
he deserves to have a professional chance. And he had a chance with Valor. I don't think he played any. I think he deserves another chance to go. I mean, I'm not sure uh, it, it was a fair shot to him with uh, John Sirwa at Valor this year. No, I think exactly. no, I don't think anyone would have had a chance there. No, so uh, no, th- those are the three for sure. Where if they're not in the CPL, I'll be really questioning what the what's the point of the whole U Sports. And Ottawa has first shots. Ottawa has first overall, and I mean, you had first of all your Nationals in your own backyard. Your Carlton, which is in Ottawa came second in the entire country. There's no excuse to not, and the amount of talent that came out of it, there's no excuse to mess up this draft. I understand and you've last got Eddie draft, doing scout work for you. I've told the club this before. For free. I said, for free. This is I a said, free podcast. They can just listen to this and just get, and just take notes. Ah, I, I know this is an electrical auto base, but like Mateo is the perfect solution. It will build the local community to help market. It's a local talent. And like I said, it's a talent. He is a one of a kind player. Where why why would you miss out on? There's nothing to lose. You don't from a like marketing him. standpoint, like Look like you him. saw the guy, you know, you saw the people who came out to see uh, Steph Curry, Jovanovic, and yeah, Tony McHale. Tony McHale. It'll be the exact same Mateo. Tony I'm, McHale's family, like I think each game uh, bought up like a hundred tickets. Yeah, they fill up an entire section. Yeah, hey, well, Mateo's from Gatineau. You don't think it's Family's going to come over to watch him play professionally. You don't think the Bronson boys or Carlton people are going to come watch? It's a great marketing standpoint. And it's also talent. What is there to lose? I don't, I don't understand. The point of youth sports is that, hey, you can let them go back to university after August if they're not ready. And you can still retain their rights too. So there's literally nothing to lose with Mateo there. So I, I why would you not take someone from your own city? That's why. I, so I'm hoping auto draft him. If they don't, they're going to have to face... My wrath, for sure. So, Atletico Ottawa, you heard it here. Uh, draft Matteo de Brienne, or Eddie's going to get you. I have a megaphone. Just remember that. That's it. <laughs> All right. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on? It was honest. Great tournament. Uh, one of the best like soccer events I saw live. I was very impressed by the quality. Um, you were, you'll be surprised that it was university sports. Like It was high entertaining. We got... I think every game but two went to extra time or shootouts. Like, talk about getting your money's worth. Um, I mean, fun fact, I found out, like, two days into the tournament that I could have gone in for free as a, as an athlete. And uh, my captain forgot to mention that. So <laughs> I kind of spent $30 when I could have gone in for free, but it's okay. <laughs> but, but it no, was worth it. It was, it, no, honestly, after the first day, I got my money's worth. I mean, the first day was three extra time slash shootouts and then the first game had a red card in it it was no i got a fantastic weekend that i'm not gonna forget like this is for sure like one like a memory of a soccer event up there with watching the u21 world cup whatever in canada back when i was a little kid like that's, okay that, that's how good so we got to bring this back to ottawa like like next chance we get yeah i, I don't know when it will be but yeah for sure that'll be great That was our chat with Eddie Ben Hinn. We want to thank Eddie for joining. Always a good time when he's on the show. And remember, that was just the first of two chats I've got lined up for this week. Stay tuned for the next episode uh, where you'll hear um, a more Carlton-focused chat uh, with Carlton pundit Jesse Porter-McLennan. You will not want to miss that. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you.